Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Sports Ed proudly brings to you its podcast, Champions of the World. The badass Daniel Johnson, the smartass Drew Pateau, the wrestling id outlaw. Hello and welcome to another episode of the wrestling id, the first one in a long time. I am Drew. I'm Daniel. And uh, we've been away for a while. And for that we apologize, but you know what? Unfortunately, we don't get paid doing this, and sometimes real life gets in the way, and we've all been very busy, so... I apologize for nothing. So Daniel, okay. Your peons are lucky to get what I give you. <laughs> well, I apologize for being busy, but new job, yay. So, alright. We're back. Uh, Daniel, I went to Raw on February 24th, and it was awesome. Oh, actually, exactly a month from when we're recording this. <laughs> oh, and, they were up to date with our content. Yeah, so that so I went to that RAW. It was the RAW where Undertaker came back and choke slammed uh, um, Lesnar through a table. Uh, among, Is that the RAW where Hogan said yep. WWE Universe like fifteen times? Yeah, well, yeah. One of the times he said it was because he meant to say Network and he said Universe instead, but it's okay because he he saved it kind of all right. He did say WWE Universe like fifteen times though. But how yeah. was this pop? How was this pop when oh, he came out? Because on TV. Huge. It didn't come off like it was huge. Oh, no, it was huge. It was huge. Like, there was probably, like, 20 different guys dressed head-to-toe like Hulk Hogan at that WrestleMania, or at that Raw. That's good. Like, yeah. That makes Because yeah. on TV, kind of came off like, ah. But you're, you're saying it was like, ah. Yeah, it was a huge pop. It's, like, second only to Undertaker's pop when he came out. Like, it was it was big. Did the kids know who Hulk Hogan was? I feel like they were confused. Uh, so, I feel like I feel like they knew who he was, and they knew they were supposed to respect him, so it was okay. Like, you know, like their their dad or mom or whoever told them, like, "Hey, we're going to this RAW because this guy that I used to watch wrestle many years ago is going to be there, and he's awesome." So clap, okay? <laughs> like, good job, good job, parents. Good yeah, job. like they were informed, so that's good. So catch me up. What what have I missed since that that? Well, talk a little more about your raw experience. You know, like then share that because uh, okay. I'm debating whether to go to raw on is that raw tonight? What which one? In the in Brooklyn. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I have no idea though. Wait, it's on a Monday. It is tonight. It's Monday. So you're not going. I don't know. I can get tickets right now. It's, <laughs> it's like this is New York, buddy. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I, I thought we were playing a game tonight. Oh, we're playing the. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you we can talk about that off. We can talk about that off. Though. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, okay. So, uh, I live tweeted from the event. So, if you want to see what I thought of it as it was happening, you can check us out on Twitter at the Sports Id. Um, also, while you're at it, check out the website, uh, thesportsid.net. Uh, but yeah, awesome raw. Um, even the uh, the dark match before, which there's no such thing as a dark match anymore because they just tape it for main event or superstars. Uh, and the dark match before was taped for superstars. It was uh, Sandow, Kingston, pretty good. Uh, Alyssa was happy. Uh, my other much better half uh, went to Raw with me. She doesn't care 
that much for wrestling. It's she likes she likes the stunts and stuff, but the stories she's not interested in. Uh, but Kofi is her favorite. She made replicas of Kofi Kingston's pants, and I was worried because I was like, oh no, I'm going to drag her to this thing, and she's not even going to get to see Kofi because he's not going to be on Raw. And then he was in the the dark match, the very first match, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, she got Kofi. to see him right away. That was pretty cool, and he won. Um, not that it really well, matters, what? but <laughs> it was Black History Month, so yeah, I suppose. So they had to give it to him. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm just trying to get Kofi more Kofi on Raw. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. Yep. <laughs> hashtag more Kofi on Raw. Does that fit? Isn't there a limit sure, on right. hashtags? <laughs> All right. Uh, other than that, um, I thought – so there was a lot of people the day after online on Reddit specifically, on uh, the subreddit Squared Circle, complaining about the Green Bay crowd. Um, the yeah, because on TV you guys came off a little – Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. People were complaining that like they were chanting other wrestlers' names or – chanting uh like daniel bryan during the uh roman reigns bray wyatt match uh and that's because that match was boring as hell wait wait wait, wait. people were see i was singled you guys off i thought you weren't loud but to single the green bay crowd out specifically for chanting other wrestlers names during a terrible match i mean you need to start I think a little bit earlier than the green bay crowd on february 24th <laughs> yeah there was i mean I'm trying to think. There was a Go Pack Go chant, and that one, like, I'm a huge Packer fan, so I had to. But other, like, that doesn't really that's, belong there, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the sad. only chant I could take issue with, I could see taking issue with. Otherwise, I think they chanted appropriately and quite loudly. Uh, well, I mean, the week before Minnesota, the crowd was chanting, like, random Minnesota well, local yeah. indie wrestlers. Like, yeah, and they were, like... Uh, Elimination Chamber was the night before, and there people were chanting Bootista, and they loved it. That Raw I went to, people were chanting Bootista and booing him and everything, and again, in in Squared Circle anyway, I don't know about the rest of the internet and everybody else, people were throwing a fit about even that. Let me tell you something. I'm about to go off right now. Oh, here we go. Okay? Let me tell you something. Yeah. This is why the WWE does not listen to the fans, because they're effing fickle, Okay. One moment, they're all about fighting the establishment and stop pushing these guys we don't want to see. And the next second, they're criticizing the fans because the fans are expressing themselves in the only way they can that, hey, we do not like what's going on here. Yeah. You know, so if you wonder why WWE is like Triple H and Steph, I call it like another Hunter and <laughs> Steph, you just completely look at us like you guys are just fickle idiots. This is the reason why. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dummies. I would I would say my favorite part of Raw though was okay so you know the pre-show uh, was the first pre-show on the network and then the post-show was the first post-show on the network. Um, Ric Flair was on the pre-show, Woo! and like during the actual taping of Raw, excuse me, uh, like the okay so the table that they filmed the pre-show at is is near like it's it's down in like the lower area where like if they were playing a hockey game they'd be on the ice. But because, you know, they, they use only a small area for the ring and then fill the rest with seats, they're, like, in that area. So it's near the ring. So Ric Flair and Booker T and I think it was Alex Riley, yeah, were, and Josh Matthews, were just sitting at that table for most of the taping. Sometimes they would duck backstage, but most of the time they were out there. My favorite part was watching Ric Flair eat a yogurt and pay no attention to the Bray Wyatt-Roman <laughs> Reigns match. Just none. Just eating a couple, like, yo play, not looking back at all. Just... 
enjoying it, looking around at the crowd, you know, really taking his time with the yogurt. I loved it. I got a picture of it. It's on Twitter. Favorite part. Can, can you Skype that to me? Because I would like just go. Cool. I want that to be my screensaver for eating the yogurt. It right now, awesome. it's right now it's a picture of a kid as Batman and Bruce Wayne. It's too long to talk about. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's, I can't adequately describe it. So anyway, it was a good time. I felt bad for uh, Ric Flair though because. Like, we got there as soon as the doors opened, which is, like, an hour before the dark match. And so, like, we're seated, and we're waiting, and other people are filing in. And, like, every five seconds, like, Ric Flair's sitting there getting makeup, going over, like, a script for the pre-show. And every five seconds, somebody screams, woo! And I'm like, this motherfucker has to get this, like, every five seconds, everywhere he goes. No, Ric Flair loves that, man. Ric Flair loves, he loves, this guy loves the wrestling fans. I I would lose my shit. That's his life. I mean, like... He seems supremely uninterested in, in everything that night. Like, be old. <laughs> he just couldn't hear the woos. <laughs> like, when he first came out to, like, sit down at the table, like, the hundred or so people that were already seated, like, wooed, and he, like, kind of waved and then sat down and then paid no attention to the crowd for, like, the rest of the night until the pre-show actually went on, and then, like, they wooed when, like... Josh Matthews turned to him again, and then like he acknowledged the crowd, and then again, just nothing for the rest of the night. Just yogurt and nothingness from Ric Flair. Dirtiest player in the game, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that was that was another great thing about Roz. I'm sitting there trying to explain to Alyssa who Ric Flair is, and like I'm trying to like explain the strut to her without being able to do it because I'm sitting, you know, like, oh, God. You should have said, hey, roommates, I need a little space. I got I to gotta show the strut. <laughs> Yeah. And true wrestling fans that have got up. They would understand. And understood that this is a monumental moment in your relationship. Because she <laughs> could have been the greatest Ric Flair fan <laughs> after seeing you strut. Uh, I've, I've shown her since. but Does she love Ric Flair now? Uh, no, Ric but Flair she now. she laughs when I do it. If you ever have 15 minutes to spare, just show her Ric Flair going crazy on the internet. <laughs> Someone put like Ric Flair's greatest Moments of just absolutely losing his mind, Greatest stripping himself counts. naked, dropping elbows on YouTube. So uh, I did make her watch the Ric Flair retirement match. So that was thoughts. Cool. What did she think when she saw it? She I, she didn't really react much. She just like, yep, uh, you're making me watch this, so I'm gonna watch it. And oh. the whole time I'm like, but look, it's so emotional. You gotta understand, it's Shawn Michaels <laughs> ending his career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's going on at wrestling lately, huh? So much. Yeah, I don't so know. Much. Catch catch me up. Well, Occupy Raw. Yeah. The Cerebral Assassin Triple H is back. The Shield is united. We thought they'd be broken up. No. Uh, maybe the corporation's coming back. So many things. It's uh, We could just start with the, I guess the Occupy Raw and uh, Triple H and Daniel Bryan making their match for WrestleMania with the stipulation that the winner goes on to the main event. I, it was just good to see that the WWE did this really, really well. Uh, they, gave this, they gave themselves an out and they used it. Uh, and not only that, the one week where you... Because the, uh, the first time they had the, the stipulation created, Daniel Bryan basically said, if I win, I'm in. So that whole week, you were just ecstatic, like, man, he's going to WrestleMania, he's going to be Triple H, he's going to be in the main event, yada, 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 you know, you just elated. And then the next week on Raw, 
there's a little like uh, animosity stirring up between Orton, Batista, and Triple H. And then Triple H says, no, you guys obviously can't handle this. Letting Daniel Bryan get you all scared. Like the old man said, if you want something right, you got to do it yourself. So the winner of the Triple H-Daniel Bryan match is now in the main event. And it's like, holy crap. You know, I mean, I'm a Triple H guy. I mean, you know, if anybody listens to this podcast, I am. Triple H is my favorite wrestler, you know, besides probably Bret Hart and uh, or Stone Cold. But he's up there. And uh, so now you just add a, another, you know, cog in the wheel to this, like, great storyline. And so it's given them all sorts of ways to play this. You could have a fatal four-way, potentially, say, you know, you had Triple H beat Daniel Bryan, piss everybody off. You know, Hogan comes out and saves him and says, hey, you know what, this guy's going to be in the match. You know, ultimate babyface Hogan, give him a big pop, create a bigger WrestleMania moment. That's one of the... Uh, Theories going on around the internet. You could have uh, Triple H just beat Daniel Bryan and pin. I can't see that one happening. No. And Triple H and Daniel Bryan not getting in the main event, but you could. It just it's created doubt now. You know, it's created doubt of who will be in, but will Daniel Bryan walk away with the title? So, which you have to have because I, you won't have your epic WrestleMania moment if we all go into it. Sitting there like, well, Daniel Bryan's going to win. We're going to chant yes, turn off, and go home. Okay. So, and I want before we move on before we move on too much. I just want to give Randy Orton some credit on uh, last week's Raw. He was amazing. He was amazing. Getting better I, on the mic or in the ring? Just being a heel. He was just on the mic. He was pretty good because then he could kind of like vent his frustration on Batista. He had someone he could kind of, like, out-duel. Because, you know, it's not a fair contest with him against Cena and Daniel Bryan. He can... Not Daniel Bryan's a great mic worker, but the crowds are so vicious to him. <laughs> and I feel like it kind of takes him out of his game when he's on the mic. But with Batista, he's, like, confident. He works with the guy. He knows him. And he's just, you know, slaughtering him. He's using some of the internet jargon... <laughs> Internet's hate towards Batista in his promo. And then there was a point in the match where uh, Brian and Orton had a match, and they're fighting, and a fan yells to him, you got to ring the bell right after the disqualification. And you can hear it on TV, and Randy Orton looks at the guy and says, what are you stupid, you idiot? It's DQ. There's no disqualification. I can do what I want. <laughs> so he, he picks up Daniel Bryan. He goes, you know what? You did this. You do this. And, and slams him on the table. And I was like, well done, Orton. Well done. <laughs> well, I, I, I clap. That's it. I'm hard on that guy because he's generally been terrible. But he's kind of picked it up the last few weeks. So, Well, I, I feel like um... – I mean, like, like I said, I liked him when he first came out, and I liked him when he first really turned into, like, you know, the Viper Randy Orton as opposed to Legend Killer. Uh, but I feel like just for the longest time, he was just, like, in this rut where he was just doing the same, you know, just going through the motions. And yeah. I, I think all the uh, all the buildup and all the emotion for this year, WrestleMania and Daniel Bryan, and even, even the hate that Orton's been getting for, you know, being the champion, even though he cheated Daniel Bryan out of it and everything. I think that's, that's helped him start to like, you know, care a little bit more and, and put more into it. I, I will say this, and this getting him away from John Cena 
has helped. Oh, it's the best thing for him, yeah. That... It, it's helped because that was, that was so stale, and I was never a fan of it when it was at its height. I was going to say, it doesn't, they could put on a great match, and it's still not going to be as entertaining yeah. as another great match, just because we've seen that too many times. And then, and then Cena just kills him on the mic. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and Cena just, kills most people on the mic, but. Except for Bray Wyatt. But, uh, you know, so it's really good to see, like, Orton in a situation where it's not, it's not even a lot of pressure on him. He's not the main hill. Mm-hmm. The main hill is Triple H right now. And the authority, and uh, so just yeah, well done. People, well done. I still feel like people hate Batista more. No, Batista's getting X Pac heat, which is not good. <laughs> He's getting X Pac heat. Like people really just don't want to see him. Yeah, like you're terrible. We don't like you. Is that like when you're a good heel, people want to see you get beat by the face? Like that's what mm-hmm. they want. But with Batista, they want to see him like fired like they want to see him gone like they legitimately dislike him they want to see a mad fan hop over the railing and stab him in the throat oh, jesus <laughs> i like i almost called him Bautista. he's just it. just on so many levels he's unlikable so many levels it's like, i i do kind of cover this but, oh. <laughs> I do kind of like how he's how he's playing it to the crowd, though. You know how they they heel turned him pretty quickly, and had him kind of you know if they're gonna hate him, play it up. And like uh, at the RAW I went to in Green Bay, he you know his music hit and the crowd's just booing and Bootista and there's it, they're going absolutely apeshit. It's like reverse Hulk Hogan heat, and somebody like right next to the ring is holding up a giant Bootista sign, and he stops. And, like, he actually, like, calls the cameraman over. Like, the cameraman was not expecting him to stop. It was not, like, you know, planned out. He stops, and he, like, waves the cameraman over, and he points to the Bautista sign, and he, like, shakes his head and says something at the camera, which you can't hear what he's saying, and then walks up to the ring. And I liked that. I loved that he did that. They're really smart in, like, turning him quickly. Yeah. Because they had to. Oh, yeah. There's no choice. (laughs) There's no choice. You can't lose him as an asset, especially for the money they're paying, that they're paying him. You can't have Batista come out there and just be generally booed as a bad guy, as a, as a booed as a good guy, and then to the point to where eventually the reaction will be silence. And when you know, we all know as wrestling fans, once the crowd goes silent, it's over. Yeah. So, you know, WWE is smart. You know, they obviously they took this long with the Daniel Bryan thing, trying to bring CM Punk back. Before they tried to hold out as long as they could. But <laughs> I did see that episode. I like. I, for, I forgot that I had watched that one. I liked how they just fucked with the crowd right off the bat. Oh, CM Punk's geez. music and that, Paul Heyman. Not even that. Not even that, Drew. I loved that. I mean, that was great. But what they did was they kept all the people off Raw who the crowd would have killed. Mm-hmm. You noticed that? Yeah, that was an excellently planned episode of Raw. Like, all- say what you will, but they made sure that that episode stayed on the rails. They knew they were going to have some CM Punk chants, but what they do? They had heel, they had Usos fighting outlaws, and then they brought the Wyatt Shield back. You know what I mean? Like they were really careful of the layout of the matches, mm-hmm. who was coming out, and that way the crowd couldn't be vicious. Because you know, I turned it off, uh, and I had to watch it later. I was so mad Punk didn't come out. <laughs> I could I couldn't make it through. I remember I was talking to my roommate. I was like, man. He's like he's so extra excited for Raw. I was like, I was trying, I was talking about CM Punk, and he's just being a good friend. He couldn't care less. And uh, <laughs> so, about halfway through, I I couldn't take it. But 
to, you know, when you turn that back on, it just shows like how smart Triple H and Stephanie are and Vince and just how well they know this business. And just sometimes we hate the decisions they make. The Usos won the belt there, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's even great. Look, one, two, three, crowd popped. The crowd's going to pop for a title change. Mm-hmm. Then Ziggler, Ziggler fought that night, right? Yeah. Ziggler, Ziggler. Yeah. Dude, Ziggler. Like, man, you're going to, you can't, what are well, you going to do? Were, you're going to boo your favorite guys? No, yeah. you're not going to do they were, that. Well, I mean, they were giving the crowd what, what at least the internet crowd has been complaining about for a while. They gave them what they wanted that entire episode of Raw, except CM Punk, so they couldn't really throw a fit or riot, you know? And you had Heyman, and people love Heyman, and people love all the to smart hate the walrus. Hmm? People love to hate the walrus. People, people boo Paul Heyman just because they respect him as a hill. But we all love Paul Heyman. There's, Paul Heyman is wrestling. He, I mean, to me, he's the the mad scientist who created the Attitude Era. It wasn't for Paul Heyman, there would be no Attitude Era. He's the man that created the smart internet fan. So. Inner smart fans love Paul Heyman. He is the reason you had Austin, The Rock, and Mankind. He created all those guys. You know, Stone Cold took his first beer in ECW. Oh, yeah. say. I was going to say, he definitely created Stone Cold. If you if you have the network and you haven't watched the Beyond the Ring of Stone Cold that they have on there, uh, you're missing out. That, like, oh. I started watching that at, like, 11 at night. I was like, oh, I'll just put it on while I brush my teeth and and get ready for bed. And I'll just shut it off. I stayed up all night watching the rest of it on my phone because <laughs> I could not shut it off after it started. Can't. Great. So, you know, there's that. I, I can't <laughs> wait for WrestleMania. It's just, I know. Did you see the Did you see uh, the beatdown Triple H gave? Brian, no, you did not see that, right? No, I did. They they played that on This Week in WWE, which is also on the network. Um, I feel like the yeah. network should be paying us something for this. You know? <laughs> or at least giving us, you know, two free memberships or something. Anyway, um... Yeah, no, I saw that on there. I did want to bring up, though, the main event at WrestleMania, the the, the title match. Um, so what happened to, like, a month ago when everybody was complaining that they didn't want or that they couldn't make because it would devalue the match, the title match at Triple Threat? Like, back then, like, a month, two months ago, all I was hearing was, well, they can't put Daniel Bryan in now. Like, they've already decided it's Batista Randy Orton. They're not going to put in Daniel Bryan because... The, it can't be a triple threat, and here's why, because then it devalues this, or there's too much going on, and Vince hates triple threat title matches. and He does. He does hate triple threat title matches. That's, that's a fact. Yeah, so what happened? Because now everybody's like, yeah, finally, they're doing a triple threat. This is what we wanted the whole time. Well, no, it's not. No, what they wanted the whole, we, what we wanted the whole time was Daniel Bryan in the match, and basically it came down to the point with WWE – Knew they had no choice, and the fans didn't care as no, long as they knew no, Brian no, no, was no. up. Okay, so hold on. I want to I want to address this whole WWE having no choice thing. We keep buying tickets, and we keep watching the show. No, no, listen to me. They listen have me. a choice until we listen. stop buying tickets and we stop watching the show. It doesn't matter how mad we right. are if we're watching. You're right. You're right on that level. But you do. Vince loves his video packages. He loves to celebrate his WrestleMania highlights. He loves to have those, you know. That deep voice in 15 years. I mean, you know, he loves all that stuff. And again, you can't have WrestleMania in with people throwing things in the <laughs> ring saying, no, no, this sucks. These guys suck. Like, you can't just think about, remember that Austin, I mean, excuse me, that uh, Goldberg Brock Lesnar match, the final one for both of the guys in the company. No, so no. Brock came back. Well, is that WrestleMania 
think 24, 23. I, I, I can't remember. Yet. I'm on like five now. I'm watching my way through all of them. And the crowd dominated that match. They got both wrestlers out of their game. You're chanting, they're chanting, nah, nah, hey, hey, goodbye. You know, <laughs> you sold out. You sold out. You, like, not in the sense of, like, you're a heel. It's like you're almost, like, personally attacking these guys. And the match was terrible. Terrible. It completely got in both their heads. And you can't have a WrestleMania main event in that way. Plus, if you have, on the flip side, if you have the opportunity to make a monumental WrestleMania moment, you have to do it. I mean, just imagine 70,000 people, yes, in unison. Like, this, it, it's going to be the greatest video package they'll have. You'll be up there with, you'll be up there with Hogan flipping giant. Uh, they love to play that. It's on every WrestleMania package. It just, it's my, I remember being like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. You know, <laughs> as a kid, like, this is, this is it. Like, life is getting much better than this. You know what I mean? And I, and I saw it two years after it happened, uh-huh. but. It's going to be something they can play over and over and over again. You know, it's going to be in the streak. I mean, Daniel Bryan's going to go down forever, and he's going to be in history. And WWF's going to want to, excuse me. Yeah, WWF. I'm saying E. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was waiting for you to notice. I'm not beeping those, by the way. It's not happening. Oh. WWF, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just realize that they have to capital. They have to capitalize on that moment. Just imagine it, bro. There's no slow music that's going to play the next night on Raw. Sarah McLaughlin in the background. Come on. No, it's, it's not going to be that because you're not going to be able to hear anything like that over the crowd. Like, if Brian walks out of WrestleMania, the champion, the next like four weeks on Raw are just going to be ape shit, or until somebody screws him, which I, which would probably be either the Raw immediately after or the one immediately after that. Well, the Raw after WrestleMania is going to be a love fest. I mean, you know, yeah. the Raw after WrestleMania is just like there's not really any storylines. Everything's kind of come to conclusions. The crowd's just like, eh, we'll do what we want tonight. We're burnt out from screaming last night because the Raw after is usually nearby and you get a lot of people going to WrestleMania and the Raw after. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, so there's that. You want to touch, let's talk about the Shield a little bit. I know we talked a lot about that title match. Let's talk about what's going on with the Shield. Uh, well, again, haven't been watching a whole lot. I do know that they had... Didn't they come to somebody's defense... Yeah, Jerry Lawler came out. Oh, Kane, yeah. it's Occupy Raw. Kane had blamed it on Jerry the King Lawler. Why is it and, Lawler's uh, fault? Because like, he's from Memphis. He, uh, Kane's logic was it was in Memphis, and Lawler used his contacts to get people to <laughs> occupy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you could start calling him Conspiracy Kane. Yeah, you know, he's uh, Kane's lost his mind. And so. Uh, Shield, he has a shield come out to do his dirty work to beat up Lawler. They sell it for a bit, like they're about to take him down. And of course, you know, last second they turn on Kane. So remember, I remember before we were yelling how the shield's getting ready to end. He's getting ready to move on, probably have a triple threat at WrestleMania. Well, no, no, I said they weren't going to split until after WrestleMania. Look at him. Well, I <laughs> going to be a, most likely a triple threat at WrestleMania of some sort. But we we both saw the end. Thought that the end was really coming soon, mm-hmm. and now they're uh, kind of packaging them as a, uh, a, a babyface group. Yeah, they uh, turned them the, the champion of the underdogs. 
That's what they did. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, I saw this week on SmackDown. It was really great uh, set up by Kane. I had a fatal four-way tag team match. Number one, uh, whoever won the number one contenders. They uh, Tell me the Brotherhood won. No, they weren't in that. Oh, man. They're, they're kind of getting... I just love when the Rhodes brothers wear the gold. Big fan. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> basically Kane had set it up to where all three teams jumped the shield, but they didn't come until later in the match. Uh, and then so they jumped the shield, beat up the shield, and like Roman Reigns and Kane are fighting on the ramp, and out come Billy Gunn and Road Dog behind, and they set him up, and they beat the dog piss out of all three of them. So, you know... Basically, I don't know if you watched during the corporation era, but it's kind of like reliving that just to a little bit, having I, the corporation back. Yeah, I didn't, but I, I know what the corporation is from watching assorted pay-per-views and stuff on the network. Yeah, so it, it's really it's really cool. I like how they did it. I didn't see it coming. Uh, it wasn't PG. I mean, it wasn't bloody, but didn't feel like, oh, corny PG. It felt like, you know, like emotionally, like, wow, I, for a second, I almost turned on the, the outlaws. So I'm like, <laughs> For a second, almost. Yeah. No, that loss. Kick their ass. Kick their ass, bro, dog. Okay, so I told you that the greatest part of that raw I went to in Green Bay was Ric Flair eating the yogurt. The most disappointing part uh, was the Usos super kicking the Outlaws before the match even started so that there wasn't a match. I was so disappointed because I was like, yeah, I'm going to get to see one of my favorite tag teams of all time wrestle. And they come out and they do the entrance. It was awesome. And I recorded the whole thing and did it with them. And then. Super kick, no match. And I'm like, you're shitting me. I literally turned to Alyssa and I was like, no! I dislike the Usos. I just do not like them. I, I, okay, so, <laughs> Alyssa. Abu Hashabu! Abu Hashabu! Yeah, no, that's what dumb. What you say? That's, I, I mean, whatever. That, I don't even care. But Alyssa has been watching Total Divas. And therefore, Oof. I have been watching some Total Divas too. No, you. No. And, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know which one he is, Jimmy or Jay, because that's not the real name. His real name is John. He's on the show a lot because he's, like, dating uh, one of the Funkadactyls. He is hilarious. And, like, when he's just himself, he's he's pretty – he seems like a pretty cool guy. Well, I don't want to know him, and I don't care to know him. <laughs> and in the ring, I cannot stand those. I can't stand the, their, their entrance. I don't like the – ooh, ooh. Oh, it's just – I don't, Everything up and bothers me. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't mind the Uso. The entrance to me is boring, but whatever. Uh, but I do like that they're bringing the super kick back. So let's let's wrap it up. Yeah, with you that. haven't seen the super kick since Shawn Michaels retired. Yeah, and it should die with him, or when I make my debut. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nobody can super kick except Shawn Michaels and Daniel. Yeah. If I ever rest, I became a wrestler. Well, I have my. I'm gonna have a bucket list. I'm gonna have a match before I'm done. Whether it's some small <laughs> gym somewhere, it's gonna happen. Yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm gonna incorporate the, the Triple H flying knee. It's like my favorite move. Or his knee smash. So both of those moves I'm gonna incorporate. All right. Well, I want to have a match too. So let's cross a thing off each of our bucket lists and have a match against each other in the parking lot of like WrestleMania 600 when we're both thousand. <laughs> No, I want to do it like the, the indie way. I went in like six people in a gym. A couple of them are really fat. Two are old. You know what I mean? And like the other two are like little kids who had to come because their parents like, went to work and they were with their grandpa. So they're like hanging out and it's like 
they're watching us and no one's popping and we're like throwing ourselves through tables for absolutely no reason. <laughs> so why are you going through a table, bro? It's like 10 people in there. Like, <laughs> and like eight of them are asleep. Yeah, and no one's – you're not going to – this is not going to WWE, this match. It's impossible. <laughs> you botched 40 spots and then you just went through a table. <laughs> it's not good wrestling. Anyway, let's talk about the uh, John Cena-Bray Wyatt feud because I love this feud. Uh, I, I John Cena. They mentioned this briefly on This Week in WWE, but I wasn't really paying attention. So, Well, it's about John Cena's legacy. Uh, basically, Ugh. Bray Wyatt is just like embodying all of us who hate Cena. So on every level, he's talking about, you know, basically your children, your hustle, loyalty, which are all the things you dislike about Cena, he makes fun of. He did call his girlfriend plastic. Which got a big ooh <laughs> on the crowd. Like it was like, dang, bro! Like go home to your plastic girlfriend. He's, he's Bray Wyatt. I mean, I mean, technically, of the two, uh, Nikki and Brie Bella, uh, Nikki is technically the more plastic one. She has had surgery. Brie hasn't. Again, I know this from watching Total Divas. Um, okay, yeah. you can. Hey, we can bring it to the show. You know, there might be a. a a piece of the listening audience who enjoys Total Divas. You know, so. <laughs> we, we might have a Total Diva recap moment, which we just talking about. <laughs> you get a list on there. You're a list. I can talk about Total Divas, and I can get up. I'll get some, some to drink. I'll get back. <laughs> and I'll come back. And I'll be back. Well, but... No, go ahead, man. No, I was just going to say the biggest thing Total Divas has taught me that is that John Cena is a real-life uh, D-bag. I... Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I don't, I don't want to know these people in real life. It's going to take away, right, you know fine. what I mean? All right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. He's, like, even when he's, like, helping people or giving advice, he's very condescending about it, or at least it seems to me that he is. And then, I don't know, like, I'm sure some of it is, like, drummed up for TV, but some of the shit he's pulled on Nikki is just ridiculous. Poor Nikki. Well, like, he had her move into his mansion. So she flies all of her shit all the way across the country. After she is, has done this and gotten all of her shit in the house, he's like, oh, by the way, if you want to live here, you need to sign this agreement that says if we split, you have 48 hours to get out and you can't take any of my shit. Which, if you're going to have somebody sign something like that, you tell them that shit before they fly all their shit all the way across the country. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like contrived reality garbage. Yeah, but yeah. all right. Continue, because... It's cool. Uh, hey, look, man, we're, we're two grown men talking about wrestling. <laughs> Can't be that much of a leap, right? Right. But this feud, I, you know, I'm just really enjoying it. You know, I haven't been, I haven't cared about anything John Cena has done in a long time. Just because they're playing into the fan who dislikes him. So you want to see Bray Wyatt destroy him and kill his legacy. So it's just really good to, like, see these guys kind of go at it. You know, he's been killing Cena on the promos, but, you know, his promos are taped, so I guess it's a little easier yeah. to have the better promo. Uh, but there's one thing Cena does that I can't stand. He's like a carpetbagger. If, if anyone doesn't know what a carpetbagger means, excuse me, I'm really old. And uh, <laughs> carpetbagging basically means wherever you go, you kind of pick up the mannerisms and accents of the town. So if you're in the East Coast, you say, you know, hey, how you doing? I mean, you're going say, hi, y'all, and, you know, such and such. So, like, Cena, like, cut a promo, and he said, y'all, like, super country. I'm like, dude, you're from Boston. 
All right, like stop it. There's no need for you to be speaking so countrified. It just makes me hate him even more. It makes me want to see Bray Wyatt destroy him. But uh, I think there's potential to be a really good uh, lead up. I don't know how the match is going to go. I mean, depends how Louisiana's feeling. If people are feeling Cena. It could be really cool. If it's all Bray Wyatt, it'll be even better. But <laughs> I mean, the only I don't know how the match is going to be, but you know for sure that Bray Wyatt's going to get over. You think he's going to get over? Yeah, he doesn't even necessarily have to win, but he's gonna like he's. It's gonna make him look better. It's gonna that is the definition of getting him over. It's gonna get him over. And the thing with Cena is like all the people who hate him already hate him. He can't possibly get like buried or whatever the opposite of get over is. You know what I mean? Like him losing the match could do no harm to him. He lost twice to The Rock, and it doesn't hurt his character. It doesn't hurt him his standing at all. That's the Rock, though. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's understood when two guys of that supposed magnitude. I guess. I mean, I can't hate on Cena's. Legacy, I mean, I, I mean, Cena is. I I hate to say it, but he is the Rock equivalent of the current era. You know. Ugh. I know. Ugh. I know. I didn't like the Rock that much. You know, I was in the Rock guy, <laughs> yeah, so not, that's not, just like, yeah, makes, makes my stomach turn a little bit more. But you know, I mean. Just hope. I mean, he you say he'll probably get over, like you said. You know, I just I wonder how they'll do it. Maybe it'll be a uh, Cena wins, but they beat the dog piss out of him afterwards, or like really bad. But he's not going over clean. He ain't getting over clean on Cena. Ain't no way. No way. I can't see that happening in a million years. Or if he or if Bray does win, you know, Luke runs in. You know, I can see them doing like Luke runs in the guy with the sheep mask. He runs in, Cena F5s both of them, and he's not looking and turn around. Sister Abigail! That's it. Why Why would he use Brock Lesnar's finisher? Whatever the hell he does. This is Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, yeah, it's the attitude adjustment, which is, they should have kept calling it the FU. That is one thing that really pissed me off. Is like It was bad enough when like they started making him all Boy Scouty, but then for a while when he was Boy Scouty, his moves were still called the STFU and the FU. And... Then they fucking change it, but like the attitude adjustment, and I don't even know what they call his. It's the STF. Yeah, like what the fuck? He was on Stone Cold's podcast not so long ago, and Stone Cold's like, "I say you put that STF to you, um, you tight, so I need to tighten that up." <laughs> it's like, yeah, Austin, tell him you suck, you're terrible. Like he's the only guy like puts he puts a finisher on and uh, a submission hold on and he's like they won't get hurt at all. You're terrible. Yeah. You're terrible. And remember a couple weeks ago we were trying to figure out if it was Cena or Orton who is the reason that you could hear them having yeah hear them, hear them calling, calling out stuff. It's yeah. Cena. That's it, I just can see it's Cena. I can hear Cena every time we fight someone. Backdrop. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I thought is because like. It happened a lot in those Cena-Orton matches, but that's just because there was a lot of Cena-Orton matches. And then I realized, like, I never hear Orton calling out a spot. It's only, it's only Cena's voice you hear. So more Bray Wyatt. I'm, I'm, I'm excited the way wrestling's gone right now. I think they're doing a good job. I think they are they did a good job of giving us what, I, what we wanted, but kind of keeping us hanging on a string. Uh, I would, you know, it's good to see them come back to like real wrestling towns like Brooklyn. The Houston crowd was terrible. San Antonio crowd was mediocre. So before WrestleMania, they're going to rev up the shows and have like real crowds who care about the, the matches. Like Houston's Houston crowd was terrible for SmackDown, but it's SmackDown. You know, people don't care. 
that's just it's just a raw review. So. I mean, before we started doing this podcast, I only watched Raw. You gotta watch SmackDown. I've never really been a fan of SmackDown. It's kind of turned into Sunday Night Heat. I don't know if you were in the Sunday Night Heat era. Uh, I remember it existing. I don't believe I ever watched it. Sunday Night Heat was like, you catch get a lot of Val Venus main events. <laughs> just just setting up for the pay-per-view. For the pay-per-view, it's kind of a place that the young guys get to run, get on TV a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? You, you, you've never had superstars on there. Wait, let's like halftime heat. Like the earlier iterations, you might have some like, uh, superstars, but when I got going, there weren't many, just because you know it wasn't built for them. Mm-hmm. The Rock's already on TV twice a week. Yeah. The only so, they're gonna wrestle on on Sunday events. That's football. It's like, oh. <laughs> All right, so are we are we caught up? We're caught up, bro. There's nothing we do not know about the WWE. What is what is the WrestleMania card? Oh, we didn't talk about the 30-man Andre Oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, because it doesn't matter. That's why we yeah. don't talk about it. I was going to say, I heard that was a thing, but why? Just, it's, it's a good way to get guys involved in storyline, I guess. You know? Because, like, Sheamus and Christian can't wrestle again. God knows no one wants to see that. Didn't they, uh, didn't they just have uh, Christian attack Sheamus again? Yeah, but it, that's for they're all going to be in the 30-man Royal Rumble match. So, Ugh. it's like everyone... 3MB. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it's a good way to get guys in the car. I think Dolph's in it. Del Rio. The one thing, one thing the Occupy, excuse me, Occupy, the one thing the Yes Movement has done, it has marginalized every other wrestler. Not yeah. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, if you're not Daniel Bryan or The Undertaker or Triple H, like, th- like people only have so much interest and they've been pouring it all into this Yes Movement thing. It, it would have been different if Punk was still around because in Punk, he's so good, he could, like, uplift some, you know, guy no one really cares about. But they're doing, they, they, have, they just have to reset, you know, and really get the ball rolling for these other guys again. You know, that's why I think the Shield and Kane. I think they're going to see a road dog, badass Billy Gunn Kane versus the Shield at WrestleMania. But they're trying to rev up these other guys because maybe on the only, show. Nah, I think that'll be on the card. I don't think they'll do that to the Shield and Road Dog. It's just they don't have enough baby faces right now. That's why I think Vince was so worried about losing Punk. They just don't have enough guys who the fans like. I like, don't know. I, they I hate think everyone. I think that's part of the reason why they turned the Shield. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that definitely. That makes sense. Yeah. Because, like I said, everyone they just hate everyone. Everyone's like. Like, oh, you suck. 3MB, you suck. And maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's opening up a spot for Dolph after WrestleMania. But we can, we can talk after WrestleMania. Well, I, I, after I, WrestleMania. I mean, I already told you that uh, Ziggler and Miz are planned to be teamed together. I, I think that's scrap, bro. Miz had, he brought Miz TV back. He definitely was, you know, heel. Yeah, uh, I don't think, I don't think they're going to try to make another heel. They, they can't make it. They need another face. They can't because people are going to get tired I mean, of the yes movement soon. I so. mean, those two could be like teamed together as like dis- like rightfully disgruntled to be you know the faith to be faces. No, people hate the Miz. There's no way <laughs> a Miz. No, Miz is a perpetual heel. 
If you do anything with Miz besides Yeah, but if you're gonna if you're gonna tag him with somebody to try and make him face, Ziggler's the guy to do it with. You know? Yeah, I I mean he could try. I don't know. I just think people don't like Miz because he's just terrible. So I I get that I'm one of the few on that one, but You like Miz. Yes I do. (laughs) His name is his name is Miz. I know. I know. It's uh do you know where that name is from? That's, something about real world or something. Well, that's what he so he like <laughs> Okay, so the way I understand it is like when his real name is like Mike Mizenin or something and whenever he like when he was younger or I don't know if it was like 20s or like when he was a little kid, but like he, the way I heard it described is when he was a kid whenever he did a bad thing, it wasn't him that did it, it was the Miz. Oh, so he, so, named himself, so he named himself after his imaginary friend. Apparently, I don't know. Die, Miz, die. See, look, I hate everyone but besides Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So the Wyatt family, they should be baby faces. Ugh, no, <laughs> I, I really hope, and I might be in the minority here, but I really hope that after like Bray Wyatt breaks out and they, uh, that they dissolve the Wyatt family and just send uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper back down to. The miners. I'm not like, a fan of those two at all. I think Luke, Luke Harper's he's got some agility in the ring. I think I think he's pretty cool. I mean, he's not gonna be you know nothing but mid Carter, but no, just all right. Do we want to? We have one more. If we do this weekly, if we do this again next week, we have one more episode before WrestleMania. Now, I figure we will save like the actual match predictions until then. But do we want to go over what the card is right now? No, I think let's do a like, big pre-WrestleMania, post-Raw okay. episode next week. We'll just knock all that out together and give a lot of content and just kind of you know, reflect. And everything will be solidified then. There won't be any, there won't be any guessing. So. All right. Well, are, are, we, are we done? Are we caught up? Are we back, Daniel? Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. This has been uh, the Wrestling Id. Make sure you check out the website, thesportsid.net. If I can ever get a hold of our eventual co-host, we will be doing a baseball episode. And if I can't get a hold of him, then Daniel and I are just going to do one, uh, which is just going to be Daniel talking up the Yankees while I cry about the Twins. Um, But that will be coming soon, so keep an eye out on thesportsid.net. Follow us on... Every time you sing, every time you sing on any of the podcasts, I always want that to be the open for the podcast. Let me tell you this, real quick: the Yankees are going to win ninety-seven games this year, and they're going to win the World Series. No, and if you're not down with that, I got two <laughs> win for you. Uh, I love how you tied that together. It's nice. Thank you. All right, so check us out on Facebook.com/slash/TheSportsID. And on uh, our website, uh, thesportsid.net, and wow, I really started falling apart there. And on Twitter at thesportsid, uh, I'm Drew. And you can call me at Daniel Johnson four zero five six five seven zero two five eight. I changed everything but one number. <laughs> I didn't realize you'd gotten a phone again, but all right. I do have a phone. I just don't ever answer it. It's like it's the battery's <laughs> dead. I've it, I've no. I just don't pick it up. It's no need to. No one calls each other. I'm Daniel. (laughs) That's me. Thanks for listening.